Welcome back to the Swirl Suite, everybody. This is our final episode of the Black History Month food series, where we are celebrating Black women in the culinary world. Today's guest is Michelle Grant, Dr. Michelle Grant. Michelle is the founder and sommelier of Era Wine Bar, the first Black-owned wine bar in Prince George's County. Prior to Era, Michelle spent years as a subject matter expert and business development leader in both nonprofit and private sector consulting firms. Her former life included a lot of travel, and that was the inspiration for Era. Listen to her full story here at the Swirl Suite. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us on social media at Swirl Suite. Enjoy the show. Cheers. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. Happy Sunday, Tanisha. How are you? Happy Sunday. I'm good. I love when you put on your swirl sweet voice. And you're like, hello, everybody. Welcome you to know, sweet. You it's know, I didn't realize. Normal. I love it. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize I had a podcast voice until my husband told me. Um, I was listening to another podcast. I have a speaker in the shower. And, you know, it was blasting. And he was like, oh, I thought you was listening to yourself. That sounds like your podcast voice. I was like, no, no. No, it's you not. Have a podcast voice. It's it's a thing. It exists. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it is what it is. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've had a good week, good month, and you know, ready to, you know, get started with this new week. I was oh, watching yeah. your Instagram, and there was a lot of pizza involved. Where were you? Listen. So uh, there is this place called Rigmarole, and it was just listed on um. Uh, in this article for like 25 things you need to eat at Paris. I think it was in the New York Times um, and they were listed on there. So I've been trying to get a reservation, trying to get in there for a minute. I made this reservation like three weeks ago. So finally got in there to get this pizza. It was delicious, very light. Um, the first pizza we had, it was uh, meat and cheese. And I mean, clearly because pizza, uh, but then he put a little lemon on it to tie all the flavors together and finish it. So it had this hint of citrus. It was delicious. Really? Yes. That sounds kept, so good. I, I was getting this hint. I was like, what is this? Is, is it lemon? And then, you know, the owner came over. He's like, yeah, so I'll put this on and this on it. Because we got the chef special, which is whatever mystery pizza that they'll just put on some things based on what you like. So we were asking, like, so what did you do here? And so we had that. Then the other one we had was just plain tomato mozzarella. That was delicious as well. <sighs> um, I'm not ashamed that me and my friend ate two pizzas. So we each ate a pizza. I'm not ashamed of that at all. And then we got that pizzuki is what the other thing was, which is this partially baked cookie with the melted ice cream on top. Oh my God. We were scraping it off the bottom of the um, bowl. <laughs> and I was like, this is, we, I don't care how we look at this point, but I'm going to scrape all of this up and I'm going to put it in my mouth. It was delicious. They had another dessert, ah. an apple crumble with like a cheesecake ice cream. I'm like, what? so I got I got to try to figure out how to make another reservation and go back. And then they have a pizza with um, confit onions, like a candied lemon, potatoes and something else. And then they have a one with the uh, bolognese ragu situation. I'm like, I got to come back to eat all these pizzas. So but it's a pop up situation. So they close next week and then they'll be open back again in like mid April. So I'm like, as soon as they announce that they're opening back up, I got to make like five reservations at one time and go in there with everybody I know. So, oh my God. That sounds yeah, so good. 
I'm not even a pizza person, but that that sounds delicious. And well, my problem is that I like Italian style, like European style. It is style. a pizza you would like too. You know, I, I believe it would be. Yeah. And that, that cookie, the desserts sound amazing. Mm -hmm. You would like this. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it was light. The crust was thin, but it wasn't like um, soggy. And so I'm like, I know you like a thin crust uh, and something very light. It was like all natural. They said they use natural yeast and everything in the dough. Um, yeah, that pizza was something that's me. Uh, no real updates. I'm still cooking my way through black history month and, um, pairing black winemakers that I find with Leslie's wine club. And it's been fun so far. I've got a lot of great feedback. So I, I'm glad y'all are enjoying the black history stories with the recipes and the wines. It's been fun. Do you have a, do you have a favorite so far that you've done? Oh gosh. Um, they all become my favorite when I create them. So that's, that's a hard, that's a hard question. But I mean, for, I had a taste for fried fish and that's why I made the catfish po' boys last week during the Super Bowl. So yeah, that, that was probably my favorite. I, yeah. It's funny growing up. I didn't really enjoy like fried fish that much, maybe because I had it so often, but I love it now, especially when it's fresh. It's delicious. Yes. <laughs> I miss fried fish. That reminds me. Y'all can get fried fish in Paris? Oh, no, they don't fry stuff. Speaking of fried, you know I've been to Popeye's several times, right? <laughs> I can't get it up. I go like every week. It's bad. <laughs> okay, so if this is your first time listening to the show, Tanisha went to Popeye's in Paris. It was their first Popeye's. How long ago was that? February 1st. Wow. And how many times have you February been so 1st. far? Yeah. For Tanisha. Oh my gosh. Okay, so three counting the first time. So I've been like counting the first time when they open. So four mm. total. Oh my goodness. You know what? Well, you know what? Do you you deserve it? You deserve. You've been without Popeyes for years. So there we are. I deserve time. Biscuits every time, chicken crispy season. They still have a line though. So that's a problem. You're gonna wait 20, 30 minutes to get in. Um, wow. And then get seated, but yeah. Huh. So question, did you take it with you and then enjoy bubbles with it? No, I haven't done that yet. I've always Okay, well, it. next time. Okay, great. Oh, that's definitely a plan because I want some vintage champagne and some real glasses and I want to eat my chicken. Well, they serve the chicken on, it's not even, it doesn't come in a box. They put it on these nice like plastic dishes and then they have these plastic cups because I think they're trying to do this whole zero waste situation or not trying to have... Oh. Um, stuff at the landfill I guess so it's not in those paper Popeye's boxes that you know sure. you get in the states it's in like these nice plastic containers so I'm like oh I can actually eat it out of this huh very nice like, that's not hood life but I want <laughs> bubbles with it so that's gonna happen <laughs> well on that note we will bring our special guest on Michelle Grant how are you <laughs> welcome to the Swirl Suite hello ladies I'm great how are you doing we're doing good. We're doing good. Happy to be here with you. Me too. Me too. So for those who don't know, uh, introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah. Um, well, thanks again for having me. How's everybody doing today? I'm Michelle Grant. I'm the founder and sommelier at Air Wine Bar in Mount Rainier, Maryland. If you haven't been to visit us, then definitely put it in your plans, put it on your to-do list for 2023. So it was a big deal when ERA opened. It was especially in the Black wine community. We were very excited for this wine bar and we love it. 
Uh, I know you guys have regulars. What was the inspiration for Eric? Did you always want to open a restaurant wine bar? Not always. Uh, I had a whole former life for about 15 years working as a managing management consultant. And I worked in a number of different industries. And for anybody who's ever worked in sort of business consulting or business development sales, that type of thing, you know, it's just a constant grind. <laughs> it's a constant grind of trying to um, get new clients and sell this and sell that. And um, I think I, I burnt myself out um, after 10, 15 years. And I started looking for ways to get back into myself and, and get back into passion for life. Um, and, you know, as you know, living in this country, work can become life very quickly. So um, I started hosting kind of dinner parties and things like that with wine. And I also started a blog back in, oh gosh, it must have been 2000. 12 2010 I can't remember anyway I started a blog called District Hostess and it gave me this opportunity to start exploring wine and food pairings but with a focus on things that I grew up eating or recipes that I enjoyed um, cooking so uh, I started that out and after a while I thought hey how, how cool would it be to pick up this what was a quote-unquote hobby at the time of trying wines and, um, you know, getting a little bit more formal with my education. So that's kind of what led me into the court of master sommeliers, um, you know, learning proper wine service, getting more of my theory down. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the people that I was meeting and all the learning that came with it that had nothing to do with my job. Um, so then I thought, you know what, I've been selling and making money for other people and big companies for a long time what if I tried to kind of do this on my on my own and I opened just a small place where all these things that I enjoy cooking that I don't see in a traditional wine bar in DC where I kind of grew up the DC area uh, what if I opened a place where you could experience that so the idea was probably born in 2014 and then years passed of, you know, working on the business plan, meeting people, shadowing people in restaurants and bars to learn more, um, studying and taking the CMS exams, which was, you know, important for me to kind of come in with a little bit of skin in the game in terms of my knowledge. Uh, and then I met my now husband, who actually helped me find the place. When we met and we first started dating, I said, well, look, I'm going to be opening a wine bar. I'm going to be opening a wine bar. So, you know, if you want to be a part of it, we can work on it together. And um, that's how I knew he was the one for me because he was so down. <laughs> he was so down. And um, he's the one who helped me find the location that we're in now. So we actually got our house in this neighborhood and we found the spot that Era is at now. And that's all she wrote. Let's go back to your blog. Um, yeah. What kind of foods and recipes uh, were in, in your blog since it was composed of what you uh, grew up with? What kind of food did you grow up with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my my ancestry is split between two continents, um, but it's interesting how my parents met. So my dad is Black Zambian from the north of Zambia. My mother is Indian but she was born and raised in Malawi and Zambia, respectively. <clears throat> but 
if and if you guys know anything about the Indian diaspora or travel to um, the African continent from South Asia, those communities, no matter where they are, they're always cooking their own food. So in my house, growing up as a kid, I had African food on the table. I had Indian food on the table and my parents were quote unquote new Americans as of the seventies. So they also tried their, <laughs> they tried their luck with mashed potatoes and peas and uh, <laughs> baked chicken and things like that. So um, me coming back into my own culture um, in terms of the blog, I made a lot of curries. I made a lot of different types of spice mixes for barbecues and grilled meat. Um, I also played around with some pasta dishes and sauces, things like that. Um, those were big things on the blog. And then I started getting into, okay, well, if you're eating these things, how do you pair wine, right? You go into an Indian restaurant and typically you go into an Indian restaurant and what's on the wine list? It's Riesling, maybe Chenin Blanc, um, maybe a Cab and maybe a Merlot just for, you know, giggles. Okay. Um, same thing when you go into a Thai restaurant. Okay. Um, so I noticed this trend of like, what else can we do? What else can I have with this chicken tikka masala or this chicken karma or whatever it is? What else can I have besides these things? So the, the blog started moving slowly more into how to pair wines with different flavors from around the world, what the key ingredients are in different dishes that interact with the wine in a specific way to maximize your experience while you're tasting it. You cook in your restaurant as well. Oh, when we first opened, I did because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that part is always fun. I think when I when we first opened Era, we were very focused on wine. And honestly, even in the original business plan, the small bites were a piece of the plan. It was not the focus. Um, and what happened in the first probably six months of us opening was that food was becoming a larger demand and in bigger and bigger volumes, you know? And so we, we quickly had to kind of pivot and hire, first of all, hire more staff, okay? Because if you're, if you're in the kitchen, you get locked and stuck in the kitchen. And so that wasn't, you know, my goal from the beginning. So we hired more kitchen staff. Um, Many of the recipes that we started out with were by my recipes that either I created during that period of the blogging and all that, or that I amassed during travel, you know, from my former life. So, yeah, uh, from time to time, I do still pop into the kitchen or when we're working on new recipes, I work really closely with the team there, but we've slowly started to build up um, a great team of people who are incredibly talented and, and super excited about cooking new things, which makes it fun for all of us. That's fantastic. And your food is very good. I love the lamb sliders. Those are my face. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Greek lamb sliders. I, you know, but those are a big hit. Those are big hit. They've, and they've been there since we opened. So they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Tell us about the wine collection in your restaurant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our focus, our primary focus is to highlight and celebrate regions, style winemakers that are underrepresented in some way or that just go really well with the food options that we offer. Um, we try to, to bring in as much good value for money wines as well, which is not an easy thing to do, right? Because 
you want to satisfy those folks that come in that say, hey, I just want a glass of brown Zinfandel. You also want to satisfy those customers that are like, I've already had Napa Cab in 10 places that I went to. What else do you have? Okay, well, we have uh, a Tuscan cab. Try this or whatever. Um, so the inspiration is all of those things. We have relationships with over 12 or 13 different distributors in the DMV. We meet with those people regularly. We taste a lot of wine, a lot. And um, we get really excited when we can find the varietal that is um, from a place that's unexpected or um, something that's super food friendly, but you wouldn't have thought it. Um, we try not to follow too many trends. If you notice, we don't have like canned wine right now. Um, we don't have kegs. We might in the future, um, but we just try to focus on really great quality and um, make sure that that's demonstrated on that five glass list that you've seen as well. So how long have you been open at this point? A year and a half. Wow. How does it feel? Does it, is it stressful? Do you feel good? Is it like, oh, we got this. We're going to open another location. How do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, baby. Um, it, 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 is it stressful? Yes, absolutely. And I, uh, you know, you get a lot of rewards when you see that customer that you brought back again or that smiles and tells you everything is great or when you see an, a gleaming review on open table you know those things are like yes we nailed it awesome um when no food comes back to the kitchen because of a complaint yes we had a good night yes it's also stressful and it and it's stressful because every day is a new opportunity for you to be on the chopping block. <laughs> it's also a new opportunity for you to connect with people, which is great. Um, staffing is always an issue, whether you're in a bar or a restaurant or whatever. And when I say it's an issue, I mean attracting and retaining great talent um, that stays with you long-term in an economy, in a labor economy that is very transient. Right. And the thing about a place like ours, where you have a, a by the glass list that's constantly evolving, you're doing a lot of training. You have to do a lot of training. Your staff have to be interested in the wine. They have to be passionate. They got to be professional and they got to come ready to have those conversations with customers. So, you know, my husband and I were always working, if not on pleasing customers, then on training staff to make sure that they're ready to get on the front lines and, and, and do a good job. I went to 1010 Wine Bar in L.A., the Black and Wine Bar. And um, well, first, I was that annoying customer that acted a fool. I was like, I need to try this, this, this and this. We can't get this on the East Coast. So I tried so many things on the menu. <laughs> I have not done that to y'all because you're new. I was like, I'm not going to do that yet. But do it. Yeah, we're ready. Next time I'm in there. Yeah, yes. I'm just going to sit at the bar and bug you and your husband. That is the best. Honestly, the best place to sit if you want to do that and make great friends is the bar. That's why we made it so big, you know, yeah. we made it so big and inviting so people can do that. And um, our our current bartender, Katie, she's very meticulous. I bring a new wine in, we sit down, she takes copious notes, she takes, mm. she buys herself stuff sometimes. Um, so she's ready for you, trust me. Okay. <laughs> Tell me, you bring it. If she's not ready for you, you call me. <laughs> Tanisha, is that something that you do at wine bars in Paris? Do you just sit at the bar and just ask, let me have one of everything? 
No, not quite, because they rarely have menus here. It's all just like have a conversation with them and then they'll pick something out for you. Interesting. So, um, but what I'll do sometimes is just say like something generic, like, oh, red, not too spicy. Um, and then they'll give me a few things to taste. Mm. Then I can decide on a glass from there. But it is rare that you just have a list, especially when it comes to getting it by the glass. Um, it's rare you have a list that you can just say, oh, let me try this and this and this. Hmm. It's interesting michelle have you been to wine bars where they operate like that yeah um i've had varying experiences in paris as well um where i think we were so focused on getting bottles i don't even know if i even <laughs> asked about about glasses a little bit of alcohol was there but um in terms of places here the people the places that i do go i i think they're very focused on on building and promoting the by the glass list so i see a lot and i look at a lot of by the glass lists um but i do have conversations too i think i'm a little bit of an anomaly because i'm going to places where i know the people and so uh, they get excited and they're like oh have this and before i've yeah. even looked at the menu i've had three glasses of something <laughs> that i didn't even pick out but i enjoy that experience i love going into a place and looking at that menu a lot of a lot of us you know even myself included you go into a place and we don't realize or appreciate at first the amount of work and thought and intentionality that goes into building a wine list it's 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 quite a process you know, to go from tasting to developing different price points to making sure you have a variety of profiles, regions, uh, not to mention the printing and the design. That's a whole other thing. Mm. But it's, it's a lot. I know when I used to do tastings, I know my biggest challenge was creating a list or creating, you know, a list of wines that was outside of my palate. Like, I know what I like. Like, y'all yeah. should like what I like. But that's that's yeah. really not the case. Oh my gosh. And you know what? That's another reason why I love working with Katan because he has a totally different palate than I do. So when we taste, he he knows he's all right. He's like, okay, I mean, she's going to like this one. And I'm, I know he's going to like that one or whatever. So it's kind of like a his and hers on the mm. list that you see of things that worked well nice. for him. He's also a cigar smoker. So he loves those big, bold, spicy, like Chilean Carmenere and things like that. Um, I'm more of the, I want the fruit, I want the balance, <laughs> I want the acidity, you know. What's behind the name era? I was, I was initially thinking about how to articulate the intersection of time and place. Um, what we're about is wine from around the world bringing in flavors that have been around since the beginning of time that we all know um, and marrying that in a comforting modern setting. So the word era reflects time and place and us being able to celebrate and share that together. I love that. I absolutely love that. And they can't call it time and place. It's kind of just whack. So you know, <laughs> find a different call word. it TMP for short. Okay. Yeah. TP for short. Oh, tell us about your wine club and the events that you have at Era. Oh, sure. So we now have three different types of membership clubs. Um, and they were the first two were born out of just our original business plan. The the third 
was something that we came up with a little bit more recently. So the first two are called our crew and grand crew memberships. And these are designed for people who are coming into ERA as their neighborhood place or, you know, their place that they visit, you know, at least once or twice a month. People who are enjoying the experience there that um, want to get some great rewards for continuing to come and visit us. So those two tiers give you discounts on every visit. They give you discounts if you'd like to rent our membership area downstairs, which is also private event space. They also give you discounted tickets to all of our programming. So we have Meet the Winemaker series, where we bring winemakers in to do tastings with them and talk about their stories. Uh, we do seminars where we're educating folks on food and wine pairing um, or just the basics of wine tasting, those types of things. So you get discounts on all of that. Um, if you are a Grand Crew member, you get all those great things. And you also get your own temperature controlled wine locker in our cellar. Um, those are 12 bottle temperature controlled. Uh, and of course it's engraved and all that fun stuff. So that's crew and grand crew. More recently, we opened up something that we call our bottle society. We learned just from feedback from customers. You know, we have a lot of people like you all who travel, you know, you're not always around. You can't necessarily come see us uh, multiple times in a month, but you still want access to more of a curated collection of wine. And you want a little bit of help sort of selecting those and learning about those without always having to go to an event. So the Bottle Society is basically a monthly subscription where we curate the bottles for you. Every month you can get, you know, two, four or six, something like that. Um, we have varying levels of, you know, price points that you can choose. And you get your own packet of the wines for pickup or delivery, depending on where you are. And you get notes on the wines. So this month, theme, I think we did a Exploring Georgian Wine two-pack. And uh, we had, you know, Ricotta Kelly and Savani, Saparabi, things like that in there. And you get a nice little one-pager on what the wines are, what the popular regions are. And it's just fun and easy and quick. That's awesome. That's great. That is great. Uh, Tanisha, any other questions for Michelle before we do our fun closeout questions? No, I don't have any. I've just been listening and being jealous of that all these cool places weren't there when I lived in DC. So there's that. We'll yeah. hopefully still be here when you get back if you come back. One day. We'll see. One day. America's You'll visit. So. You'll visit. Back to visit. Oh my God. <laughs> you won't have to stand in line for Popeyes. Oh. <laughs> Listen. Sold. That's for Sold. sure. Oh, and the we'll Popeyes fish sandwich is back. Oh, what do you mean that? They have a fish sandwich? Yeah, girl. I didn't know it they came had a out like sandwich. two years ago. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. That yeah. must be still a select location. I well, I saw the commercials for it, but I know um we had it once like two years ago. It, it you know during the pandemic, and they brought it back. I'm excited oh. about that. All right, so these are our fun closeout questions for this segment. We're it's all about cravings. So I'm going to give you, uh, like the first one is something fried and you tell me what you do or where you go when you want something fried. So here we go. Mm. Cravings, okay. something fried. <sighs> Cravings. Okay. Two places when I want something fried. The first is Ivy City Smokehouse right here in Ivy City. What you they get from have... Ivy City? I get the fried shrimp. Really? <laughs> yes, I get the fried <laughs> shrimp. I like their fried shrimp. Um, there's another place that has, I'm really into fried shrimp more than, even more than fried chicken, fried chicken. I fry at home, 
Yeah. But um, I love I love the fried shrimp at Ivy City Smokehouse. I also love the fried shrimp at funny Bethesda Crab House. Okay. My husband's family is from South Carolina. Every time my mother-in-law comes down here, he wants to go to Bethesda Crab House to get crab. I don't crack crab because I don't really care for the work involved. But I do love shrimp. And I order the fried shrimp every time we go. I don't know what they do to it, what's in the batter, but it's delicious. Hmm. Noted. Noted. Tanisha, I feel like I know your answer, but go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead and answer on my behalf. Let me see what you think. Popeyes. I mean, now, yes. So that's only been able to satisfy this craving for like three weeks. Before that, it would still be chicken. Um, And there's this little uh, Pakistani place that I go uh, around Ooh. the corner. And they do a good, uh, their chicken tenders are good. And I get them on a wrap. So they have a fried chicken wrap that I would get. Okay. Okay. So I got two places. The first place is actually not too far from you, Michelle. It's called The Hall. It's in College Park. So just think of a massive, a massive restaurant slash event space with a lot of outdoor seating. So it's, and it's not too far from the College Park Metro Station. And you'll Mm. see it from the road. It has lights and everything. Anyway, it was just built in the past two years during the pandemic. But it's just like, it's... It's like a dive bar, but not really. Anyway, me and my husband stopped in there and we got fries. Well, first of all, on the menu, it says bag of fries. And when I tell y'all it's a bag of fries, it's like a paper bag, like this big, full (laughs) of crinkle fries. And I don't know what they- Crinkle fries? Yes. Yes. I don't know what they do, but they are perfectly salted. And that bed bag lasted us three days. We had to bring it home and we finished it like three days later. <laughs> My great. goodness. But, and they also have something on the menu that impressed me. Um, it's something I do at home. It's pickle juice brined chicken tenders. So when I go back, I have to try that. But that's the first place. And that's the place I just, we just recently discovered. But um, my number one will always be Roaming Rooster. Fried you chicken. know what? I swear, literally, when you said pickle brine, I was about to say, doesn't Roman Rooster do their chicken uh-huh. in a pickle? Yeah. Brine? yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we we went there a lot during the build out because it was right there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. So Tanisha, when you um when you come back to visit us in DC, we have to take you to Roman Rooster because yeah, man. Get a chicken sandwich or the wings, either one, but definitely have to get the fries. Done. Uh, Okay. <laughs> All right. Very next good. one. Next one. Chocolate. Are mm. we saying like what kind of chocolate or like where we go to get it? What, whatever, whatever, whatever you do, when you crave chocolate, what do you do? Do you go out and buy something? Do you make something at home? What do you do? Mm. So I usually keep a chocolate bar around the house so I can just break off a little square and that makes me feel better. Okay. But um, the dessert here, they have a dessert, mousse au chocolat, which is chocolate mousse. And it is fantastic mm. if it has whipped cream or not. It, it yeah it's not pretty to look at most of the time but it really? tastes delicious you know it looks i like, just imagine served in a martini glass and looking pretty with the, like chocolate shavings on it that part does when some people do it like that other times it's just scooped out of a big bowl and then slapped mm-hmm. on your plate then it's not so appetizing looking okay. but it's still delicious um so i'm still finna eat it <laughs> and hope you turn your head so i can lick my plate but yeah that's <laughs> That's the one. 
I'm with you on the chocolate bar in the house, though. That's mm-hmm. um, that's one for me too. There's a brand that Whole Foods sells actually called Choco Love, and um, they do this whole range of chocolates. Some have like raspberries in them. Some have like all, you know almonds and not all different things. My favorite uh, flavor is the one with hazelnuts, mm-hmm. and I swear I probably go through a bar every other week. <laughs> They're very good. And I, I just had a, another, our second baby in December. And um, if you want to talk about cravings, like I, I don't remember having a lot of cravings except for the chocolate, which is, I've just always been a chocolate person. So mm. having that around or chocolate ice cream, just plain Jane chocolate ice cream. It could be briars. It could be from Cold Stone. It could be whatever. I don't care. Plain chocolate is my thing. Milk chocolate, okay. rather. That's fair. And same. I'm a big chocolate person. Um, so I have two things, of course. My first one is Trader Joe's. They have these coffee and chocolate chip ice cream sandwiches. They're like, maybe they're small. They're like smaller than your palm. So you don't feel too bad for eating them. But the the sandwich cookies is almost like a brownie and it has chocolate mm. chips in it. And the ice cream is coffee. My God, Ooh. they're so good. They're so mm. good. If you're a chocolate person and you haven't tried it yet, you have to try those. I gotta and then, try that. Yeah. Other than that, I'm a peanut M&M's girl. I have to have a crunch uh, with my chocolate. All right. Next one. Pasta. Red hen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the portions are so perfectly Italian that they, if you're hungry, you got to get two. <laughs> so I do that and I just, you know, hey guys, I'm going to get two. Um, but their pasta is delicious, super fresh. Um, I also enjoy, you're going to see a theme here with where I'm going all the time because I'm always working. I also enjoy Ghibellina's pasta. I don't think I've been there. Okay, Ivy City. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Obviously, it's like the closest thing, right? Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's it's called Via Ghibellina now. There used to be a location on 14th Street yes, that's yes, called yes. the Ghibellina over there by the Pearl Dive Oyster Bar. Now there's Via Ghibellina right over there in Ivy City. And on, I think it's Wednesdays, they have Lobster Wednesdays where you can get what? this beautiful lobster tail uh, on top of kind of like an arrabbiata with linguine and it's got tons of fresh parsley and shaved garlic and it's just perfectly cooked and it's only $28. Lobster Wednesdays, Via Ghibellina, you will not be sorry. Try it out. Mm. Well, writing that down, that's definitely going to be a problem. I don't have like a favorite pasta place. Um, I don't usually crave pasta. I mean, I will pizza, yes, but Mm. I don't usually crave pasta. Um, but if I'm with people and we happen to go to a pasta restaurant, I usually want some kind of noodle dish with tomato sauce and meat. So that is my thing. Okay. Um, I crave pasta a lot and a lot of times it's easier for me to just fix it at home. So I will go to Wegmans or Whole Foods and get a fresh, uh, tagliatelle and Mm. just something simple like. I don't know, spinach, garlic, salt, and pepper. Like I'm a pasta purist. I don't need a whole lot of crap on it. Mm. 
but yeah, that's, yeah, that's me. I can be a plain Jane with, with pasta. That's how they do it. I like it. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pastries. I got two places for pastries. Leopold in Georgetown, the Austrian restaurant that's in Katie's Alley. Hmm. They have a few dishes for dinner, but really it's all about the pastries and the dessert. And you can also get amazing Austrian wine down there by the glass. What? Good prices. Mm -hmm. Leopold, huh. Leopold. Um, and they do Napoleons and macaroons, all kinds of things. Very, very good, Leopold. And it's also kind of like a nice date night place or even just a nice afternoon place if you want to take your laptop and kind of people watch, but in a quiet space of Georgetown as opposed mm -hmm. to like yeah. on that main strip or whatever. So I love that place. And it just so happens that the other place I love is also in Georgetown, Kristoff. Um, it's on, that must be, M no, that's, that's Wisconsin. It's on Wisconsin. And they do fresh baguettes every day. They also have salads. And it's just one of those classic French um, bakeries you go into mm -hmm. and you see all the delicious things laid out in front of you. And you're like, I want this and this and this and this and this. Um, so yeah, Kristoff's mm -hmm. for sure. Oh my gosh, like everywhere. Is there like, something specific that you get? It depends on how I feel that day. Like if it's the morning, then a croissant or a pain au chocolat. Um, if it's like midday, like early today, I was having a craving for um, a lemon meringue tart. Cause mm. like, I really, really like those. Um, sometimes it's this, uh, they'll, like they'll do a black forest chocolate kind of situation. And so I like that. Um, a tart tata, which is just mm. like an upside down apple pie thing with no crust on the top. Uh, yeah. So That's neighborhood delicious. neighborhood bakery, like that always works. Um, Maison Moulot, which is near Saint-Germain-des-Prés, where everybody goes to um, get the hot chocolate. They have um, amazing pastries. And then a place uh, also uh, in this neighborhood is called Saint, S-A-I-N. And they make all these different styles of bread and then they do like a cinnamon roll and then they have like a nice madeleine, which has an almond taste. Just think like pound cake-ish, like that kind of consistency. Mm, that's flavor. my husband's favorite French uh, dessert. Madeleines are delicious. Mm -hmm. And then especially if they have them slightly crunchy, like the edges are slightly crispy, those, yeah, yeah those went. But this place has some um, really good ones. And like a lemon pound cake and just some other... I just go in there. I'm like, what do y'all have this morning that just came out? Because uh, often I'll be standing in line because there will be a line. And then they'll come out of the, um, it's a separate building where they bake everything. So they'll be walking out of that building to come into where you buy the stuff. And oh, whatever the they smell, have on that, I can imagine. That part. And then whatever they have on that pan, I'm like, I want two of those. Because I know it's hot and I know it's <laughs> extra fresh. I'm like, I want that. Put that in the bag. Let's go. Okay, for me. Uh, number one is always going to be the Amish market. So um, there are two there nearby. It's one in Laurel and then there's another one in Bowie. Gosh, I just walked through that baking section and luckily they have things in like a single serving. I will just get one of pretty much everything. Those little danishes and the brownies and I mean anything. Um, so Amish market. But if I don't feel like making that trip, then I'll go to this place called Makedo. It's on 8th Street. And... It's it's a variety of things in one spot. 
It's like you can get coffee and pastries. My favorite is the almond croissant or the chocolate croissant. But after hours, like after like noon, they're like Asian fusion kind of place. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised. I was about to ask you, like, since when are they selling pastries and stuff? But I they're they were coffee. Also selling sneakers there or something. Yeah, yeah. Their coffee is fantastic. Hmm. yeah so on Sundays when it's um I like to go on Sundays because they open crazy early they open at like seven so yeah right so on Sundays I'll go there and I'll get coffee and croissants so that's my my spot that's close to my house yeah is it still all black like white and black black and white in there Mm -hmm. yeah nice Mm -hmm. nice it's been a few years since I've been I I did not know about the early morning um, option it was the first place that I had um oat milk uh creamer in my coffee and mm. the, i yeah they got me hooked years ago nice yeah uh okay next one caribbean food now tanisha i don't know if you're gonna answer this but caribbean right food. i'm gonna just put myself on mute i don't have to answer this <laughs> <laughs> wait what what did i mean if she can't find caribbean food in paris they got caribbean in oh wait they do it's different like because usually when you think Caribbean food, people think like Jamaican. So it's not yeah. that much Jamaican here. It's like they think island. So here would be island. Oh. So Martinique, Guadeloupe. And okay. also, I don't eat that often. I was about so to say, I, you don't sound excited about that. Right, like, I wouldn't even know what to tell you that I ate from there. Or what, <laughs> so like, what, rice and peas? Like, I don't even know what to say. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, I'm in the grill gal. Ah. The Negril, I mean, I grew up going to the Negril in Silver Spring all the mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah, I could do it all. I could do oxtails. I could do Escovich. I could do, yeah, yeah, in the grill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is a craving that I have at least once a month. And my, my number one spot that nobody, not too many people know about this spot, but it's in Tacoma Park on the D.C. side, and it's Peach's Kitchen. It's been there forever. And it's a little short Jamaican woman that's running the shop. Go in there with your expectations managed. It is Jamaican. It is going to take a long time. <laughs> the service ain't going to be great, but the food is bomb. The jerk, the curry. Again? Peach's Kitchen. Peach's Kitchen. Okay. Peach's Kitchen in Tacoma Park. Yes. Um, yeah, that's my number one. I do miss Tropicana. If you're a DC native, then you know what Tropicana is. It's long gone, but um, but yeah, I go to Peach's Kitchen. Yeah. All right, last one, pho or ramen? I feel I feel a little guilty saying this because it's more about just my general experience than it is about the ramen itself. But I like I like Genia on 14th Street near mm-hmm. Logan Circle. I okay. think that's a nice place. And their bowls of ramen are massive. It's huge. Yeah. It's a lot of food. Um, but I think the flavors are good. They have good appetizers. And again, it's for me, it's more about the overall thing. It's like, yes, I have this bowl of ramen, but I'll, they also have everything like cocktails. They have all kinds of Japanese beers. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I did visit Tokyo and I think I ate so much ramen and so <laughs> much gyoza that I just, there hasn't been a place here that I've ever been like, oh, this is as good as Tokyo. Gotcha. I can't imagine. <laughs> and the prices are better in Tokyo too for the yeah. ramen. Here it's like you're they try to make it like you're getting this whole exotic thing. And it's like it's just supposed to be a simple dish <laughs> with noodles and protein and veggies and stuff. So but anyway, yeah, I'd say genius. Okay. Tanisha, now nah, I know you have spots. 
because I've had it. I don't have any specific spots. I just go to, there is a street here that has a lot of different ramen restaurants on it. So I will just go to that street um, and pop into a place. They all have lines. So it's not like, oh, who has the shortest line or the longest line? I'll just pop into a place as, you know, I see fit. Uh, one of the more popular places here for ramen is Ipudo. So people go there often. It is only something that I have a craving for in the winter when it's cold, but not a regular. It's not a regular craving of mine. I'm a I'm a soup girl. I can eat soup all times of the year, any time of the day, especially for breakfast. I love like ramen and stuff for breakfast. I'm always going to go to Chaplin's. Chaplin's and Shaw. Yeah, Chaplin's and Shaw. <laughs> the ramen is so good. And I know there's like a battle with the ramen restaurants in DC. It's like the noodle versus the broth and like all of that. But to me, I like both. I like the noodle texture um, and I like the broth and their cocktails are amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a vibe. It's like the genial place. It's like the yeah. whole thing. Well, that was our last one. This was awesome. Michelle, of thank course. you so much for joining us from the Swirl Suite. Thank you guys so Thanks much for Michelle. having me. Um, and I'm excited to to meet you in person uh, when you come back from uh, Paris. Okay, at some point, I will do that, yes. <laughs> at some point, <laughs> at some point. I mean, how long are you planning to be out there? She lives there. Oh, as long as they, yeah, as long as they let me stay. So oh, I've been here beautiful. eight years, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you really, oh. <laughs> like, like, you'll probably see her in Paris before, you know, before you see her here. Yeah. That's actually, that's good to know. If I, I think I have, I've seen both of your email addresses. So the next time that I'm on that side, I will definitely, um, you know, we can go get some pastries or wine mm. together. That warms my heart. Yes, we will absolutely yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, before you go, tell everybody where they can follow you and follow Era. Yeah, absolutely. So um, IG and Facebook at Arrow Wine Bar. Uh, of course, www.arrowwinebar.com for more information about us, who we are, making reservations, all that good stuff. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm just your hostess on, on Instagram. All right. Awesome. That is a wrap, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Have a good one. Me too. Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Buy Me Up, Glennis at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha, Vino 301 is Leslie, and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Me Up Media. <laughs>